Today we remember the genealogy of our Lord and God and Savior Jesus Christ <clears throat> and also the faith of those that have gone before us in uh, St. Paul's letter to the Hebrews. The genealogy from Matthew traces the line through King David and the genealogy in St. Luke also includes the uh, line through Levi. So we see Christ both as king and priest. The importance of faith we see in the epistle reading, its accomplishments and its ability to overcome obstacles. So let's take a look at the genealogy first and see what we may gain in regard to our own faith in relationship to the genealogy. So Christ received his humanity from human stock. This confirmed his humanity. In the early days of the church, there was controversy whether Jesus was, was a, a, a human being, a complete human being because of his divine activity, raising people from the dead, um, healing the sick, walking on water, stopping storms. Is this truly a human being? So both Luke and Matthew make a point of the genealogy confirming that, yes, Christ truly is human. He comes from human stock. Uh, the line is from good and bad, from men and women, from Jews and Gentiles, from faithful kings and murderers, from kings and peasants. So we fit. We fit. We fit somewhere in there, right? Somewhere we are included. So we see this beautiful thing that the Lord kind of isn't like lining himself up with all the perfect people on the planet. No, he comes from all those that have walked through difficulties, showing that he, he takes that on himself, not just the, the, the beautiful and the holy, but he takes on all the difficulties that we encounter as human beings. So we see this as very, very important to us. So we hear he takes on our lowliness, to raise us to glory. So the genealogy, beautiful text for us. The faith that St. Paul speaks of is defined uh, earlier in the chapter. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So if we were to kind of boil it down to three synonyms, three words that would help us. To believe, to trust and have confidence in God. To believe, to trust, and have confidence in God. Why? Because he loves us and is saving us. That's why. All the time. All the time. That's what he does. He loves and he saves. And he's doing that 24-7. And so we have to, that's, that's why we believe. That's why we trust. That's why we have confidence, because that's what he's doing. We may not see it, and let's look at some of the examples of this, because I think this helps us. We see Abraham facing seemingly unresolved situations. He was given the promise by God to be the father of many nations, was not able to conceive a son through Sarah, but miraculously, God allowed him, allowed them to birth the son Isaac. And then he says, now that you have your seed, sacrifice him. Take him to the altar and sacrifice him. So, 
Abraham says, how is this going to work? I'm supposed to be the father of many nations. You're telling me the son that's going to take on that inheritance, I'm, gonna, I'm sacrificing him? So he takes him up to the altar and thanks be to God that a lamb is provided, a, a ram, the lamb of God is provided to be sacrificed and Isaac is spared. So unresolved situations, how do we deal with this in our own life? These things are, God, God is saving us and, and loving us continually and in this life or the next, things will be resolved. Let me say that again. In this life or the next, things will be resolved. Not everything works out here. Not everything works out here. Not everything. But it does work out in the life to come. It's so beautiful. I've seen in my life as a priest here, many beautiful relationships restored over time. Things that seemed unresolvable resolved. Things that seemed difficult to be overcome. Because God is loving us and saving us. Things that seem almost, in, in a sense, impossible become possible. With God, because he's loving us and saving us. I've seen death, as people approach death even, that resolution is made. It wasn't capable before that. And then those things that aren't resolved here, guess where they get resolved? Later. So relax. Whatever you've got is going to get resolved, here or hereafter. It may be hereafter. I say, we're going to go to God with stuff. Unresolved stuff. All that's going to get resolved. All that stuff's going to get resolved. So have confidence in the Lord. As did Abraham. And now we come to King David. We could say no matter what we have done in our life, before God, we come before God with a broken and a contrite heart, and he forgives and he saves. King David, sadly, it's interesting in the genealogy, it's, he says that King David bears the son Solomon from the wife of Uriah. In other words, he committed adultery. It's actually listed in the genealogy from the, what's this? How can this be? So David is confronted by Nathan, the prophet, and, and, and uh, he sees the sin he's committed and he begins to beg God to, to uh, forgive him. A broken and a contrite heart, these are God you will not despise. He says, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation and steady me with a guiding spirit. These are the words of King David. These are our words. When we sin and fall away from God, this is what we say to him. We come to him broken, contrite. Lord, have mercy. Create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. These are our words, beloved, that bring us to uh, health again. You know, unconfessed sins become a real problem to your soul. I remember one time I was with a young man. This is a very vivid memory to me, but I see how powerful confession is. 
There was a sin that was in his life that he just could not get out. And we sat for 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes, with tears, with his tears in his eyes, trying to get it out. And when he got it out, the tears continued, and his soul was raised. It was a beautiful moment. Uh, you, it was just so vivid how that sin had been paralyzing him, and now it had been lifted. So don't hold in, in anything. The unconfessed sins we have can be very damaging to the soul. So my encouragement is to get them out. Don't hold on to stuff. Get it out. It's very, very important to us. The heart is lightened. The heart finds gratitude. It finds love again. It finds joy again. So my encouragement is no matter what we have done, we come before God with a broken and a contrite heart. He forgives and he restores. So be encouraged. Have faith. Believe, trust, and have confidence in God. Then we come to Joseph and Mary, the St. Joseph and the Virgin Mother, and say, you can hear them as they were. This is always kind of an interesting part of the story, you know. They're, they're going from uh, Galilee to Jerusalem. That's a pretty difficult journey. And she's pregnant. And she's almost ready to give birth. And so how is this going to work out? I'm sure that had to be a question. We don't have a place to stay in Bethlehem. There's no place for us. And when they get there, that's exactly what happened. There was no place in the inn. So where do they have to go? To a cave, to a, to a stable. And to be, sit, to have, I'm going to birth the Son of God in a cave, in a stable? How is this going to work out? So all these things, this, this question we have, all the time. How is this going to work out? We have stuff in our life where we ask that same question. How's this going to work out? God is with us, beloved, as he was with St. Joseph and the Virgin Mother. He sends angels. He sends helpers. He sends people to be with you. He, he, he moves in directions that begin to raise you up from doubt to hope. And so my encouragement to you is to, is to stay faithful in that. You know, I, uh, I, I fall back on this psalm many times, um, many times. Um, and this will help you. When we come to these places, uh, how is this going to work out? It's Psalm 23, 22 in the Septuagint. Septuagint. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He lies me besides the waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you're with me. Your rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You prepared a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anointed my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall pursue you all the days of your life, and you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Lord, beloved, have faith, have belief, have trust, and confidence in God, for he loves you and is saving you. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.